1: I'm on. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. You with me, Ken?
0: No, I I am. Of course I am. I'm always here for you, Doc.
1: All right, but hey, can you turn down your feed just a little bit? I'm having some trouble adjusting mine. I'm getting a little loud noise in my ears, folks, so I want to be comfortable. How's that
0: sound?
1: Oh, that's so much better. I'll whisper this morning.
0: I'll whisper this morning. Very
1: good. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, what a weekend, huh? We saw a big jump in the, uh, in the uh, coronavirus, COVID virus, Wuhan virus, China virus, whatever you want to call it in Florida. We had on June 13th, 2,500-plus new cases. Can you believe that? That's the highest since uh, April. That's a big jump, almost 1,000 cases. So that's bad news for the public, good news for the doctors bad news for the nurses who have to take care of them. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a long summer, and the stock market took a hit. Did you see that, Ken?
0: I um, did, yes. It went down a little bit there in the middle of the week.
1: Yeah, the statistics came out, and everybody panicked. Uh, my goodness. Well, I'm, I'm happy to say that we're still doing a good job at our little hospital, and we're admitting patients with the virus and with the rule-out virus diagnosis, and we're we're taking good care of them, and I think we've still only had one death in, in the whole time period, other than the first person who came in who was already uh, at the end of her life and just had the virus on top of emphysema and lung cancer. But uh, this is something that we have to take seriously, and I don't see anybody wearing masks, or very few people. Do you see anybody, Can I mean, it's it's uh, it's, it's, a little, yeah. Yeah, it's a little frightening and I don't have a problem with people going out and 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 doing things and socializing and going to restaurants but I would like to see everybody wearing a mask and a little social distancing when you're indoors that that would be helpful but what do I know I'm just I'm just a doctor so no <laughs> I'm just a dumb doctor so listen I had an interesting patient I saw yesterday I'm not quite sure why I was consulted other than that I guess I'm such a wonderful doctor and everybody wants me involved, but this lady came in and she has what's called lupus. Lupus is an autoimmune disease in the same family as rheumatoid arthritis and psoriatic arthritis and a host of other immune diseases, polymyalgia, rheumatica, uh, uh, temporal arteritis, there's a whole bunch of them and I've talked about them before, now this is uh, a disease where you make antibodies to your own nuclear material, your own uh, DNA and RNA and your blood cells. And uh, it's predominantly women. It's about 90%. Of course, this was a woman. Uh, We see symptoms like a rash on your face, kind of a butterfly rash covering your nose and your cheeks, uh, ulcers in the mouth, kidney damage with protein being spilled from the kidney, Seizures because of small vessel disease in the brain, uh, lack of, of normal clotting mechanisms in the blood, anemia, fever, lymphadenopathy, flu-like syndrome, uh, you can get Raynaud's phenomena, which is uh, where the small blood vessels in your fingers and toes constrict and you have intense cold and pain in, in your digits and uh you can have all kinds of secondary symptoms, you can have inflammation of the lining around your lung, around your heart, you can even have what we call sterile that is not infectious growths inside the heart, little little, uh, little abnormal growths on the leaflets of the heart. And it also makes you exceedingly susceptible to other diseases, especially something like the COVID virus. So, the lady is admitted to the COVID virus unit. She's in a room by herself, fortunately. And of course, we're all wearing the gear when we go in. And we're ruling out the the virus in her because she said that she had severe fatigue and some vague symptoms, some GI complaints, hadn't been able to eat, uh, hadn't been able to uh, take adequate fluids, and had had a lot of other symptoms that suggested she might have the COVID virus. So we're ruling that out in this situation. And the problem is, is that if she does have it, she's exceedingly susceptible and she'll be a candidate for the remdesivir. That's the antiviral drug I told you about that Dr. Balcazar has so wisely uh, uh, petitioned for and gotten for our hospital and for some of the other hospitals that she's on staff so that we're treating people not only with all the other things like Plaquenil and steroids and antibiotics and anti-clotting medications, but also if they meet the criteria, they get the remdesivir and the uh, hyperimmune serum that we have talked about in the past. We don't even need that now with with our cocktail of medications and we're doing a really good job. So this lady will certainly be a a candidate for that and uh, we have to keep a close eye on her we did all the work up CAT scans, Uh, I got a CAT scan of her belly and you'll also get the lower chest which is also good to see because we're looking for abnormal pneumonias what we call interstitial pneumonias and that's when the inflammation is not inside the little air sacs but between the air sacs and the blood vessels that carry the blood back to the lungs and you have the transfer of oxygen and carbon dioxide there and when that area gets inflamed it makes it hard for the oxygen and carbon dioxide to exchange back and forth so you can breathe, respirate, and get all that stuff in and out. So we're on top of it, and I doubled up on her Plaquenil and uh, started her on some anti-clotting medications, antibiotics. She's already on prednisone. She's on all of the all of the things that we're using, the cocktail that we have going and that we have figured out, and it works, and uh, we'll see how she does, but it, this is an interesting phenomena to see someone with uh, with a serious autoimmune disease where their immune system is drastically and dramatically affected by, uh, by the disease process and it makes them hyper-susceptible to more serious diseases like the coronavirus, not that lupus isn't a serious disease, but we are able to control it. It used to be a fairly fatal disease. Uh, Most people would die from it uh, before we had adequate treatment, and the treatments that came along first were the corticosteroids, the prednisone and the cortisone and things like that. Then the Plaquenil came in and that's still a drug that we're using. It's an old-timey drug, but it's, it's a very good drug. We've got a host of newer medications that we can use. And uh, if you have those symptoms, if you're a woman, usually childbearing years is when you come down with it and you have the symptoms that I mentioned above, you need to go see your doctor and, and get tested. And that is what I have to say about health care today, Ken, unless there's something that you want to ask specifically.
0: I'm feeling pretty good today, Doc. So,
1: All right. Well, apparently that rectal exam helped. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I enjoyed it. Yes.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> you enjoyed it. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're in trouble, folks. Now, did you hear about the police shooting up in Atlanta?
0: Yes, certainly did. Yes.
1: Oh, that's going to stir up everything again. Now, did you see the video of it?
0: I have not the, seen the video yet.
1: Okay. the The story is that uh, this guy, uh, what was his name? His name is Rayshard Brooks. He's asleep, passed out. Not asleep, passed out in the uh, in the fast in the drive through line at Wendy's. And I mean, you know, it's one thing to go out and drive drunk and and kill several people, but you know, when you block a when you block the drive through at Wendy's, that's, that's yeah. a heinous crime, baby. I mean, we got, we're, we're taking your butt right out of there. So the police are called, and they go, and this guy's passed out in his car in the line. And so they, you know, they get him out, pull him out, and he's fighting and resisting. And they finally get him to do a drunk test, and he's drunk. And so then they're trying to arrest him, and he starts fighting back. Bad idea. Bad idea. You know what? This guy is fighting people with badges and guns and he's not armed. Well, he does the next best thing. He grabs the cop's taser because the cop had pulled it to tase him. And so he tries to tase the cop as he's running away and of course guess what happens? The cop shoots him. Uh, You know, I'm not quite sure what other response I would have if I were a cop, adrenalated in the heat of the moment. Uh, Maybe it was undue force for uh, a a drunken driving charge, but certainly not undue force. If you're being attacked, I guess in Florida, if somebody tased you, I understand your ground. You could shoot back. Now in Georgia, I don't think that's the case, but uh, you know, down here, because what if he tases you? And down you go, and then he decides, well, now that the SOB is down, I'm going to go back and get his gun and put a pellet in his head. Well, that's no fun, and I wouldn't want that if I were a cop. So, at any rate, the cops fired. The police chief, Erica Shields, she stepped down. She resigned. And the other cop that was with him, his partner, is on administrative leave. And, of course, there's protests starting up, and uh, I guess they burnt the Wendy's down as if Wendy's had something to do with it Uh, you got me I don't know Uh, the one police officer is Devin Brosnan and the other one is uh, let's see what his name is I've got it here somewhere but at any rate we've got uh, Garrett Rolfe and Devin Brosnan involved in this and uh, you know it's it's too bad it's a sad situation uh brosnan was hired in 2018 and the other fellow chaffey has been on the force since 2013 so 2013 you know he's not a rookie anymore 2018 the guy's had a couple of years of experience uh what do you do i mean what do you do if you're a policeman and you're assaulted
0: well if they've uh, taken I, your I, pl- if they've taken your preliminary or uh, your preliminary weapon the taser you don't have much mm-hmm. choice left
1: no you don't have a choice and 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 you can say, well, this is another killing of a black man by a white cop. Well, you know, the majority of cops are are white. Why? Because the majority of Americans are are white. I mean, it's you know, it's it, it, actually there's there's a higher proportion of black cops out there now than there there used to be, and certainly there's disproportionately represented black cops around the country now, which is, which is fine. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care what color you are as a cop. Just don't hit me with that big nightstick. You got it. You know, I'll give up. <laughs> I'll get out on the ground. You can, you can cuff me whatever you want, but uh, you know, why on earth do you want to, I mean, I understand if you're drunk and stoned and you don't have any good sense, but uh, even then that's even more dangerous. Ken, I mean, that's, Because you're not dealing with someone who's rational. I mean, if you're dealing with somebody who's sober, and they're not psychotic, and they're not uh, delusional, you know, they don't have some major psychiatric problem, then you're going to be able to perhaps reason with them and say, look, you know, you're, you're blocking the aisle here, you're blocking the lane, you fell asleep. Have you been drinking? No, officer, I'm just exhausted. I'm a doctor. I was up all night taking care of COVID patients. Well, pull over here and let's do a sobriety test on you. Yes, sir. You get out, you do your sobriety test, and you cooperate. Now, if you're drunk or stoned, and by the way, uh, Floyd was apparently had methamphetamine and fentanyl in his system, according to to the reporting you know we're making a saint out of this guy and i agree that it was an egregious offense by the police but you know by the same token do we have to make a saint out of out of somebody do we have to make a martyr out of them well basically that's what's being done and i i understand that there's still racial inequalities in the country but it's certainly a lot better than it used to be and i don't have a problem with pushing for more racial equality i think it's uh I think it's a necessary uh, uh, step forward in our society as we absorb a former slave population. But, you know, as I've said before, Ken, really the only ultimate way that this will completely be resolved is through racial intermarriage, which is happening already anyway. So, I mean, a lot of this, a lot of the hoopla and the, the public outrage and the uh, press coverage actually follows, and it doesn't lead... It follows the actual uh, phenomena, the actual reality of what's going on in the country. So in a sense, I think it's a good sign, although it may be a bad way to express it. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. Yeah, it
0: does. I'm following you along now.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, what about crime? Is crime really getting worse? No, crime's been dropping since the 1970s. And this year with the COVID virus, I guess everything's gone down, but robberies are down 7.4%. Well, actually, that's 2019. That's not even 2020. Robberies were down 7.4%, rape 7.3%, murder and uh, non-negligent manslaughter down 3.9%, aggravated assaults down 0.3%. So things have been getting better. And for people to say that things are bad or they're worse, I mean, this is just craziness. There, there's no data to support that. There is no rationale to any of this. So how do, we, how do we fight this? How do we counteract this? Well, first of all, we tell the truth. We give the real statistics, and then we also go to the polls, and we vote. And we vote not for the left-wing, ultra-liberal, crazies but uh, for middle of the road or conservative candidates who offer us a voice of hope and positivism and you can say what you want about trump he may be the biggest yahoo in your opinion that you've ever seen but i tell you what i have not seen up until the coronavirus and even now things aren't as bad as i thought they would be uh, i have not seen uh, the economy the country Uh, the positivism uh, amongst business owners and their employees. I haven't seen that in decades, if ever. I haven't seen uh, the sense of national security as we have a stronger military. I haven't seen the Chinese as nervous as they are now, ever. I mean, you know, I can still remember back in the 50s when We were fighting the communists and when China was rattling its its sabers and calling the United States a paper tagger and and all this and that, and uh, they don't call us that now, they're calling us meanies and uh, unfair and uh, you know, nanny nanny boo boo, well, that doesn't hurt my feelings a whole lot, uh, but they still want to trade with us. So. I think we're doing really well overall. Uh, what about all this anarchism? Well, that's that's a big problem and one that we'll have to address, and we'll talk about that a little a little later in the show. Uh, but let's talk for a minute about the officers' data, the number of people, officers who've been assaulted. Now, I just want to talk about Florida. It's hard to get the federal statistics, but uh, in 2018, uh, four officers were killed in the line of duty. And, uh, it's amazing how many are assaulted. It's just in 2018 with injury, 1,568 and without injury, 5,080 officers were assaulted on the job. That's a big number, Ken. I didn't realize it was that big.
0: That is much higher than I ever imagined it was.
1: And this is, this is from Florida statistics. This isn't something that I made up um you know, it, and it's been going down pretty much. It went went back up a little bit in 2018. But it's it's gradually been falling over the past few decades, along with crime in general. But that's hard to believe. Now, I'm not quite sure what you call assault. Is that a woman coming up and, and pushing you? Uh, you know, that's still an assault. My wife doesn't think so. She thinks that pushing and, and slapping me around is just, you know... <laughs> A God given right <laughs> for the female of the species.
0: No, I believe it if you if we, you push an officer, it's assault, yes.
1: It's assault. Yeah. But if you if you push or slap or hit or kick your husband, that's
0: That's that's just a, marriage.
1: That's marriage. That's a God given right. That's right. <laughs> God said, Woman, go out and beat the crap out of that animal <laughs> And she said, Okay. <laughs> Now, you've got to understand, my wife's five feet tall. She weighs about 110 pounds, but uh, she does know Tai Chi, Taekwondo, kickboxing, Jiu-Jitsu. I don't know what all she knows. She, and she can, she can kick me in the face, as I've told you before, Ken. She can get her foot up there and punch me in the face with it. Holy moly. So I guess I better be careful around her. <laughs> so, you know, what, what do you do? I mean, the police have a job to do. Why do we have police? Well, we have police because we have criminals. Uh, we have assaults. We have burglaries. We we have murders. We have rapes. We have thuggery. We have all kinds of things going on. Theft. We have people passing phony money. It's called counterfeit money. That's illegal. I mean, all these things are illegal. Do you allow this to go on? Where do you say enough is enough? Uh Do you turn your back? Do you look the other way when some guy steals a cop's taser and tries to tase him? I I mean, I I don't think so. I think you've got to respond. If you don't, you're going to have mayhem. You're going to have lawlessness. You're going to have more people saying, well, if he can get away with that, I can get away with this. Can you? Should you? Should you be allowed to get away with it? I don't think so. You know Giuliani, who the left just despises. I mean, they just hate that man. They're, they say everything he says is is insane and stupid and doesn't make any sense. I listen to the guy, and uh, you know he's he's actually pretty logical. You got to you got to be smart enough to keep up with him. But you know he had that broken pain, uh, broken glass theory that if you allow. A kid to break a pane of glass with a rock and he gets away with it well guess what he's gonna try something bigger the next time and I can tell you from my own personal experience that's a fact Jack I did some things that I should have been arrested and locked up for but I got away with them. but guess what some of my buddies didn't they got arrested and some of them went to prison I don't mean to jail in the county hokey-pokey I mean they went to the state prison they got locked up for one or two years well, you know, that made me scratch my head and think, I'm smarter than this. I don't need to to throw my life away over marijuana or whatever. And it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's marijuana or cocaine or stealing some money, it's just not worth it. Uh, you know, you you are young and you're impulsive and you're stupid. And if like me, you came out of a chaotic family and you did some stupid things uh, and, and it at a time when it was kind of hip and campy to join the crowd and and go protest and be a hippie and be on the street and all that kind of silliness, but uh, without some deterrence, one would say, why not? If he can get away with it, why can't I? If I don't have money, why can't I go steal it like he does? He got away with it. So there is a purpose, there is a place for the police. Uh, Are they out of control? Well, I would say in certain circumstances they are, and I've said this off and on over the years repeatedly, that the police need oversight. They're human beings just like us. They need oversight from outside of the police department, and you know, Ken, I talked about their objection that they Don't think they should be overseen by lay people, non-police people, because doctors and lawyers aren't, which isn't true. We are overseen by lay people, nurses, doctors, lawyers. I mean, we are overseen by, we are the most regulated industry. Medicine is just ridiculously overly regulated. And did you see where the governor in New York would not let the doctors in New York treat the COVID patients with Plaquenil? and they had the highest mortality rate up there of any state the worst outcomes they had the poorest care and there was even a woman who went into the hospital with a hidden camera she was a nurse and she filmed covid patients being put in rooms with non-covid patients what on earth are these people thinking what is this all about what is with this governor he looks like stalin sitting there between the new york and the american flag with the tight camera on him como this guy's insane he's a whack job and he uh, he condemned some of his own people to death by not allowing the doctors to do what they know how to do is he a doctor he is a doctor of stupidity <laughs> he's got <laughs> his phd in dumb <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> but, I, you I, know. Think, I didn't <laughs> think he was a medical doctor why is he making diagnoses like that
1: and treatments
0: and treatments yeah
1: uh, you know, come on. I mean, this is just ridiculous. And they they said they needed more ventilators. And we quickly figured out, one of the guys down in Florida, one of the intensivists down there in, in Miami, he figured out that if you put these people on the ventilator, they have worse outcomes, that what you try to do is keep them off the ventilator. And we figured out the inflammatory response. We figured out the the blood clotting response. We figured out the uh, the... And the fluid that builds up in the interstitium of the lungs and we figured all these things out and so we're treating it now our outcomes are good we're not losing many people we're not losing many people at all we're doing pretty darn good I'm really uh, happy with, with the way we're handling it and it's just appalling to see what they did up in New York I mean, come on now this is communism, this is fascism this is thugism This is a dictatorial, nonsensical situation that uh, has got to be stopped, and I I think that we're seeing the same thing with these riots and the takeover of of the part of Seattle and the police department, and the mayor saying, oh, the summer of love, and, you know, this is, you know, a good thing. No, it's not. This is baloney. You don't let people take over your, your city, your police station. They'll be pooping in the streets. Uh, they're already calling for aid and assistance. They don't have any food. They don't have facilities. They don't have toilet paper. And they're going to set up their own state. Yeah, well, who's going to pay for this state, this state of anarchy? Are you going to pay, Ken? I'm not.
0: No, none of my tax dollars hopefully will go that way. No.
1: No, I'm not going my way. And they're not coming from my way, that's for sure. Uh, uh, well, okay, so i got to tell you, my son loved the boy. He's a good kid. He ain't mature yet, though. You know, he's only 23. I mean, boys don't really mature in, until 25 to 30. Physiologically, the brain synapses—you probably didn't know this, Ken—they don't even close until around 30 years of age, completely. So our brains are still forming in men. Well, I know well, I was ma-
0: pretty much an idiot till 35.
1: Well, I'm not going to admit that. <laughs> 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 uh, was smart by 30 (laughs) my wife and my kids would disagree but you know but the press of responsibility may uh, may hasten that and I had kids at a young age and and I had to make money and and I had to uh, show responsibility and and learn how to be a little less um, chaotic shall I say and uh, you know and get through medical school too and somehow I did it somehow I did it and I think that what we have to remember is that with this generation there's a delay in in the social maturation because of the way and the 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 uh, affluence and the uh, opportunities that are now available for kids you know that that they can do things that they couldn't do before. They can A lot of kids can go to college that couldn't go before. A lot of kids can go to graduate school that couldn't go before. A lot of kids can take advanced courses and training and, and they can delay that, that final stage of maturity which is to move out of the house and start their own family. Which is okay because I don't think I was ready at 21 or 22 to be a parent and I don't think my son is either now would he step up to the plate? Oh yeah, he would for sure. If he had a kid, he would be, he would be a a superstar at it. He is just really, really good with kids and, and animals. And he's just so tender and gentle. It's, it's, it's really refreshing to see. He's kind of rough on the old man, but, uh, I guess that's normal for fathers and sons to have a little, a little conflict. So at any rate, he's, uh, flirting with the anarchist, and he's gone to the websites, and he went downtown to one of the marches, and I said, how was it? He said, Dad, it was really well organized. Okay, well, it's well organized. Uh, that's good. He said, I think that the, um, I think that the, not the ACLU, but the NAACP had organized it, and so, and since they didn't have a permit, it's not legal, so they sent one group small group this way to draw the police off and then the main group came up another way and the police were actually blocking off roads for them and stopping traffic so they didn't cause a problem so even though it was illegal it was uh, well organized and uh, I would guess that they had had some conversations with the police beforehand and let the kids and uh, the protesters let off some steam I don't have a problem with that So my son, the anarchist, who still lives at home, and is still being paid for by me as he goes to graduate school, which I'm happy to do, has got a few more years before he gets there. And with that, I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna grab a cup of joe. When I come back, we're gonna talk about anarchism. Seven two seven three eight four six four one one. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 6411. 727 384 6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well. And- Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727 727-
0: We're Diamond and Silk, and we have a new book coming out called Uprising. The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. It's about how we overcame poverty and hardship by not letting anyone else define who we are, what we can do, or who we are supposed to vote for. And guess what? You can do it, too. That's right. And we want you to hear our personal story for the first time uprising by diamond and silk coming august 18th pre-order at amazon or wherever books are sold as the will of the students go so goes the will of the nation This is the central theme of the new movie, Return to the Hiding Place, a film about Corrie Ten Boom and her family's heroic efforts to hide and save Jews from Nazis during World War II and about her secret army of teenagers. Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save 20% with the promo code Tampa. Return to the Hiding Place at SalemNow.com. Promo code Tampa. Take AM 860, the answer, with you wherever you go. With our mobile app, tampa.com Alexa, tune in. iHeart and at radio.com.
1: Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. On the Monday, Hugh hewitt Show, Dr. Ben Carson in charge of getting America's public housing up to speed, joins me to talk about the efforts of the past three years and what he's got on the watch for the next five. On the next Hugh Hewitt Show
0: at 6 on AM 860. The answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Partly sunny for this afternoon, high 91. Tonight, cloudy, low 76. Partly sunny with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon for tomorrow, the high 90. Saturday night, low 75. Sunday, a shower or thunderstorm in the afternoon, high 91. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Andy Robb for AM 860. The answer.
1: And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. We're on AM860 the answer. I'm at 877 8600 And uh looks like we're doing pretty good here so far with the show. I uh have tried to find some statistics on the number of people shot to death by police in the US and uh, you know you're getting conflicting reports I see something from Statista which shows uh, 204 202 other reports are uh, that's for this year other reports are uh, for way less than that and so I'm not quite sure Let's see, I see for whites, uh, according to Statista this year, 172 killed by police uh, for uh, for black Americans. It's uh, like 88, something like that. Hispanics, 57. Other, 14. So I don't know how accurate these statistics are or where they're getting them. I tried to find some statistics statistics at the Department of Justice and the FBI, but they don't have anything up to date. Uh, It takes them a year or so to get statistics out from previous years. So uh, I don't think that there's been that many police killings, but that may include uh, people who are in custody or who are at the jail and die from causes other than being killed by police. So we have to take that with a grain of salt. I don't think it's that high. I don't think it's that egregious, but let's say let's say two hundred and fifty people or two hundred and thirty people have been killed by the police so far this year. Well, that means that what point oh 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 one percent of the population has died at the hands of the police. I mean that's an extremely small amount of people. there's two hundred and thirty million of us or no, I'm sorry, 330 million of us now in the United States. So with that large number, you know, even 330 people is is an extremely small amount. And for a country that has as high a crime rate as we do, I think that's pretty good that the police have have not been uh, more aggressive and more egregious. Again, though, I am and have been, and will continue to be one who is for outside oversight of police departments, not only, for outside oversight, but for the ability to, to uh, take legal action against police who uh, abuse their, their office and their station. I don't think that we should allow them to do that. that that's, not, uh, that's not what I want to see in my police, and that's not what I want for my country. But I also want to feel safe when I go out on the streets, and I would like to be able to walk the streets at night or ride my bicycle or whatever without having to carry a pistol and looking over my shoulder to make sure that nobody's going to run me over just for fun. And, uh, you know, although it hasn't happened uh, that I know of in St. Pete, uh, I'm sure that there are incidences of people being run over accidentally on purpose when they're riding their bikes, Uh, and I I would think that, uh, that that's a crime. I would think that that's something that we don't want to happen, and you know, Ken, I was talking about this with some friends, and I think that if if you want to get something in life, you got to work for it first of all that's just a given if you don't work you don't eat and if you want to get something by negotiations that's that's okay or or by uh voting uh by uh, uh community action and change. I don't have a problem with that, but if you take it by force, what do you call that? Well, I call it armed robbery. I mean, you know, if you take something from somebody by force, that's armed robbery. Or if you take something sexually from somebody by force, it's called rape. Or if you take something from somebody by uh, uh, threatening to harm them, if they don't give you something, that's called extortion, felony larceny. If you take something from a kid by force that's called abuse. So, I mean, unless you're taking something from a kid that's going to hurt him or her, if you're, you know, if they've got poison in their hand and you knock it out of their hand, that's one thing. But if you, if you insist that they do something that is not necessary, and if they don't, you harm them, then, you know, that's called child abuse. So all these things that we see going on are, in my opinion, crimes how far do you let it go? That's the question. And what is anarchism? Well, it's a political theory, and uh, the anarchists are skeptical of the justification of, of and use of authority and power. And they don't like political power. They don't like governments. And it's usually grounded in some kind of... Uh, Moral argument about the importance of the individual and of freedoms, personal freedoms, and uh, the belief that we can all just get along. Why can't we just get along? And I think that that's a wonderful idea. It's called utopia. And several people have espoused utopian theories, Plato, St. Thomas More, uh, Walden Pond was another experiment in utopia here in the United States in the 19th century. None of these work. They don't work. Uh, Somebody has to go out and and chop the wood and plow the fields and build the houses. Somebody has to uh, make the babies and and, uh, interact with society. And when you need a plow, it's not practical for you to go out out and set up a forge, if you're not a smithy, when you can go up to the corner tractor store and get you a new John Deere, I mean, it it just doesn't make any sense, Uh, the division of labor in a society uh, has great value, and utopias, as much as we would like to think we can be self-contained, we can't, we need each other, we need societies. So the idea that you can form these utopian societies and and say, well, look, the rest of the world, be damned, we're going to take our little group and we're going out to Walden Pond and we're going to do our thing. The rest of the world may not like that. And uh, you may say, oh, well, you know, the, the Muslims are the same as the Christians and the Buddhists are the same as the Jews. And, you know, not necessarily true. Some people are more aggressive than others. Some groups want more power than others. Some people don't like to see you have something that they don't. That's one of the things that one of the guys from China told me. He's an anesthesiologist. He came here about 20, 30 years ago, got out when things started to loosen up a little bit. And I said, what's the problem? He said, nobody wants to see anybody have something that they don't. So if you have have a cow and they don't, they're going to take the cow from you. Uh, That doesn't really work very well. And... My friend Al, who is brilliant but doesn't have a lick of common sense, he said, you would think that the Palestinians looking down uh, into uh, the Israeli cities up on the the hills and and, uh, the cities nearby would say, hey, they're doing a lot better than we are. Why don't we emulate them and do what they're doing? I said, are you crazy, Al? They just want to come down there and kill everybody and take what's what's there. And uh, that's that's partly human nature. uh, And we have to change that. And I think that anarchism is in that same basket. And it says that if you have something that I don't have, that's not fair, that we're not equal. And so anarchism can easily morph into communism. And that's not a good thing, as we have seen over and over. So what do we do about this? Well, first of all, we have to look at the the spinoffs of this and who's backing this and who's pushing this nonsense. You have uh, the libertarians who think that the government should be minimal or non-existent at all. But by the way, the libertarians are generally the best educated and the uh, the wealthiest of the of the political movements, and so they don't want to be told what to do by the government because they don't want to pay the taxes. And that's what happened to Linda LaRouche, who was running for president in the, I believe, in the 1990s, late 80s and early 1990s, as a libertarian, and he got caught for tax evasion, and he got locked up. So there you go. So it's, uh, it's ridiculous to say that you can have... Uh, a society where there is no political organization and where there is no legal organization, Uh, we need rules of interaction. Uh, You can say, why do we have traffic lights? I mean, do we need traffic lights? Well, you know, most people are going to stop, which annoys the heck out of me, Ken, because they stop when I want to go, and they're in front of me if there's a light that's out. I don't care if the light's out get your butt in gear and go. I don't want to sit and wait and see who's going to go and who's not going to go. But if we have traffic lights, guess what? We all have some way of communicating with each other signals that will tell us when we can go and when you can go. And so I think that the idea of anarchy is, uh, bizarre. It goes against human nature. It says that, uh, that competition is not good between people well how are you going to decide who gets the seat in, in the medical school class? Are you going to put somebody in there with an IQ of 100 that's not going to be able to grasp the topics and not going to be able to to uh, conquer the intellectual aspects of it that are necessary I mean it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I don't have a problem going out and digging a ditch in fact, This morning, when I'm done here, I'm going up to the office, and one of my patient contractors, he and I have been putting in new water lines from the street up to the building, to the office building, because the old lines, the old uh, iron pipes are are about shot, so we're going to put in PVC. And I'm going to be down in the ditch digging with them. And I'm going to be cutting and gluing PVC as well. Now, it doesn't take a, a, an M.D. or a Ph.D. to learn how to do this, but I don't have a problem doing it. In fact, I enjoy it. I like seeing things built. I like seeing things grow. But because I like to do that doesn't mean that society should say, well, then you do that. You, you do that full time. We want to see you do that for a year and see what you think and how you feel when you're treated like a plumber or a ditch digger. What? And who's going to take care of you when you get sick? You know, this is the, the craziness that the Cultural Revolution went through in uh, China in the 1960s because of whack job Mao who uh, incited the youth to go out and, and uh, villainize doctors and professors and and the educated. and You know, they'd, they'd attack people who wore glasses because they thought it meant that they were uh, intellectuals. So you attack somebody who's wearing a pair of glasses because you think they're intellectuals? You make doctors go out and work on farms? You uh, imprison intellectuals for teaching theories of physics? I mean, this this absolutely makes no sense, and you think it didn't happen? It surely did. We have two patients who were Chinese professors, and they had to leave the country. The guy's written several textbooks on uh, nuclear medicine and uh, radiation therapy and the guy had to leave the country he's a published author (laughs) and he was a a, a professor and he was forced to leave you know they said if you don't leave we're going to lock you up he said all right I'll get out of here no problem I'll go to the United States now things have loosened up so they go back and forth and see family there but what kind of craziness is this this is just insane And we have to stop this. So what's the natural progression? Well, you can see it in the French Revolution. And Hamilton predicted it right away. Jefferson said it was a wonderful thing. The French were fighting for their freedom and for democracy. And Hamilton said, this is chaos. It's anarchy, and it's going to end up in a dictatorship. It's going to end up in a Julius Caesar taking over. Okay, so what happened? The royalty, the king was overthrown. Uh, A committee of uh, thugs intellectual thugs took over instituted a militaristic regime the regime started killing everybody who wasn't with them Uh, the guillotine chopped off 10,000 heads it deteriorated into total chaos Uh, the Bastille which was a prison was assaulted and an attempt to free all the prisoners which is what these guys want to do Antifa uh, the anarchists out in uh, Seattle and around the country they think that prisons are bad and that you can talk to these folks that are criminals and you'll make them all better, good luck with that. I've been working around criminals all my adult life, as a doctor, uh, going through medical school, uh, seeing patients from, from the prison, being called to court to testify uh, for and against prisoners. I mean, I, I've seen this, you know, they're crazy people, they're, they're people with emotional and mental problems. And you can't fix them by talking to them. You've got to medicate them. You've got to lock them up, either in psychiatric hospitals or in the bigger healthcare facility at the tail end of their career, which is called prison. And uh, you have to do that. I mean, you, you have to structure society so that we can all walk around and feel safe. We need traffic lights so we don't run into each other or sit there frozen at a four-way stop and not know whose turn it is to go and wait for some old lady to decide to go and, uh, or somebody to run the red light and somebody else at the, or the stop sign or the no stop sign at the same time and hit each other and cause an accident. So things have gotten a lot better in society. Crime has gone down. But we see these people who want to take us back to, I don't know what, caveman era? Who knows? I don't, I'm not quite sure where we're going with it. And so you have this, this attempt to uh, decriminalize everything and to make us all the same and to uh, castigate and, uh, and denounce people who are more intelligent than you or who are more uh, energetic and more industrious than you, who have something more than you. You want what they have. You don't want to work for it. Uh, you think it should all be equal. Good luck with that. It didn't even happen in Russia, in the Soviet Union. You know, the oligarchy, the little Communist Party, which was less than a tenth of a percent of the population, one-tenth of one percent of the population, they lived like kings and queens, while the rest of the country struggled and fought and scrapped. And you say, I don't believe that. You know, I got friends that grew up in Russia during the Soviet era. I know Jews who got out as refuseniks. I know the stories. I know how they lived. I know what they had and didn't have. I know how lines would form outside of stores and uh, outside of department stores when there was something coming in. People would get in a line not knowing what it was for because they knew that if they didn't get in that line and it was something they needed, like a loaf of bread, they wouldn't get it. So if they saw a line form, they'd all jump in. Can you believe that, Ken? I mean, what a way to go through life. And no this kidding, is how. No. And this is how this is how these folks out here in Seattle want us to live, and if you see them, they all look like a bunch of ragtag uh uh losers to me I mean I don't know what they're trying to prove and this this spills over into religion and you know as one of the Bakunin who's one of the great anarchists, he said. Uh, he rejected God as the absolute master, saying famously, if God really existed, it would be necessary to abolish him. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, how you gonna, I mean, if it's a supreme being who's all-powerful, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> Not that I'm saying there is a supreme being that's all-powerful, but if there is, you know, good luck. Uh, so how do, you, how do you get to this point where you were so blinded by your your pa- I guess it's passion that uh, you and your sense of inferiority and your sense of, of feeling downtrodden and your uh, empathy for uh, people who are criminals who are breaking the law and assaulting police officers who then get hurt or killed. Uh, how, do you, how do you get to this point? I mean, th- this, is, this is psychiatric disease. This is mental disease. This is personality disorders. This is uh, the tail end of abuse and neglect of children of alcoholics and drug addicts, of people who uh, should never have had kids to begin with. Um, And how do you stop it? Well, I don't think you're going to stop it completely. we are going to see this flare up off and on again over the decades and centuries, and it's probably been going on since the beginning of time. But the tail end of this, as I was saying, uh, Hamilton predicted what would happen. So we saw the march from... We saw the march from uh, monarchy to uh, overthrowing the monarchy to uh, a fascist-type state to chaos to rebels in the street and riots uh, to a strong man like Napoleon who fired the whiff of grape shot, calmed the crowd down at the Bastille, uh, who worked his way up through the military and then declared himself emperor. He crowned himself emperor. And as Hamilton predicted, it would end up with a new Julius Caesar ruling France, and it did. And Napoleon caused uh, a decade or two of war in Europe, and he brought a lot of great changes, but he also brought a lot of animosity and a lot of backlash. And uh, this is is what happens. So what's going to happen here? We go from peaceful protest to confrontation to riots to anarchy, and the president's going to come in. Or somebody's going to come in with troops if it keeps on going, and they're going to put it down. And uh, then we'll have a backlash to that, of course. So you got to play it very carefully, especially in an election year. And how much uh, chaos and how much property and personal damage can we tolerate? Personal damage can we tolerate? uh, A little bit more, but not too much. We need to start stepping in here. We can't let this keep going on. I am uh, I'm not uh, a super law and order guy. I think compassion is appropriate. I think rehabilitation is possible in some cases. But overall, I think we need some law and order here. And that's my story, Guy. And I'm going to say goodbye to everybody and wish a happy weekend. And I will talk to you next week. I am Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Love you.